Back in September of 2020, Francis, we discussed Intel and some of their challenges back then and you know, many of the challenges you've been talking about going back over a decade. Uh, what's the update on Intel and what they're up to? The Intel story is very interesting. Intel has for so many decades been immensely successful in the integrated circuit business. Literally, for most of that time, the word semiconductor and Intel were synonymous. But business models change. One of the key rules that we have with our information cost velocity curve is that as you move down the curve, business models change. And my favorite example is the printing press and the reformation. One way to look at it is the business model of all, or the model of all organizations, the structure of governments, everything before the printing press looked one way. After the printing press, none of that survived. It all looked quite different. And in the modern age, if you drop down the information cost velocity curve through the mainframe era, the PC era, the mobile era, every single time it's been a reformation-like experience and business models have shifted. And the number of companies that survived are very, very remarkably small, in fact. So um, it, it's a fascinating thing to see the massive shift in business model and also to see how few CEOs have followed it. My, one of my favorite examples is Hewlett Packard, which has basically now been broken up two or three times because it could not understand any of this and made some really dumb acquisitions as uh, while it did so while it didn't, while it misunderstood everything. So what you've got here is Intel, which has used a business model that dates back, oh, since the beginning of the integrated circuit. Intel is vertically integrated. It designs its own circuits, makes the circuits, and very often puts the circuits in subsystems and then sells them to uh, different uh, system producers. And that's where their famous advertising uh, motto, Intel Inside, came from. And we can go back decades and Intel was inside everything, PCs, phones, whatever it was, they're inside it. But they started to make mistakes. Um, they didn't really do very well in phones and they missed that period. And now they have to go forward to the next period. And their business model was just not adapted. To doing any of this. And we noticed serious problems in 2011. All of a sudden, their days of sales and inventory started to rise. Their days of sales and receivables started to rise, which showed both a problem in the supply chain end and the customer end at the same time. And their management grade fell. You can go into their management grade calculator on our homepage, future-creators.com, enter some data from 2011, you'll get a grade A, and you enter some data from last year, well, 2019, you get a C, C minus and uh, a C plus, sorry. And now you, they've improved a bit and you've got a grade B. But this problem with their supply chain and their receivables got worse and worse and worse over the decade. A little better last year, they did have some improvement, but it meant that they were forced to start thinking about a different structure for the company. And they didn't, they delayed. They thought they could just stay with the old way stay with the old way, stay with the old way. And they've recently been forced to change CEOs. And the new CEO, Pat Gelsinger, has announced all kinds of shifts. Uh, one of the most interesting is that they 
are now looking at outsourcing. Well, the idea that Intel would outsource chip manufacturing to anyone, unheard of. Well, he said, no, we may have to think about outsourcing to others. You know, we'll design the thing, but someone else has got to make it. And then he's gone the other way as well, created a subsidiary called Foundry Services. And what they will do is take someone else's design and do what T Taiwan Semiconductor does, which is to make it. So there have been a lot of changes here, but the company has a long, long way to go. Uh, I think, for example, they should look deep inside their operations and look at factory in a factory. You know, have some of their suppliers take over whole parts of their factories um, and just eliminate um, a lot of these problems. And, and you know, already Apple has moved away with its new M1 processor that it designed itself. All kinds of other companies, Facebook and others have said they wanna do the same thing. So for Intel, this tectonic shift, which we predicted in 2011, we said this would happen to them. Uh, they did nothing for 10 years. And now, oh my gosh, they've gotta make all these changes and figure out what to do. It's, it's a tough period for them. Yeah, speaking of tough, um, it looks like uh, I saw this come across my desk this morning. Uh, it looks like Gelsinger wants to actually build uh, two fabrication facilities in Arizona to do exactly what you're talking about, the TSMC model of you know, building other chips. And it looks like they're going to make somewhere along the lines of a, a $20 billion investment. Do you think this is too little too late? Well, it's certainly too late. Um, they've already been uh, surpassed by uh, Taiwan Semiconductor in terms of market share size. Uh, that was no one, that was unthinkable five years ago. Well, it's a reality now. And making these decisions a decade after we said they had to be made and made it very public is crazy. Why, why, did, why did management wait a decade to read the numbers in their own annual reports and draw the simple conclusion. So he's got a tough job. Will he be able to do it? I think that's an open question. For more on our insights, check us out at future-creators.com. Thanks, Francis. Hey, thanks, Robert.